You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on Instagram at oklahomahof. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, your host, back with another episode down at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame today um, with a live audience. And you can't tell, but I'm so nervous. <laughs> First time we've had a live audience. Um, it's not nervous for my guest because she's used to playing in front of thousands of people. Um, but for me, with what eight people in here, I'm shaking uncontrollably. Uh, but thankfully, I have some great assistants running the camera for me. Um, and yeah, it's been great to, to do some podcasts in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but you're not here to listen to me ramble. You're here to listen to my guest who, uh, I mean, is just incredible. Uh, let's just start with that. But Darcy Lynn Farmer is here to do the podcast with me. <laughs> Hello, um, everybody. See, you're totally, see, totally used to it. I'm not. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for coming down. Uh, obviously, really mm-hmm. appreciate you taking time out of your thank you for having super me. busy schedule. Um, touring <laughs> around now. You have your own tour and, and, you, and you're hitting the road a lot. You can't is probably, forget school. Oh, yeah. um, okay. Okay. <laughs> Mom and dad did tell you to say that. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, like you've been touring a lot. And the good thing is that, you know, you're back to doing shows compared to all the stuff that everybody in the industry has been dealing with over the last few years, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure it's great to be back on the road. But tell us about, I guess, current life at the moment. Before we go back into all your story, what is like, you know, what's kind of, what are you about to? Current life? Well, let me rewind a little bit. It's been five years since Uh I've won. So, I mean, it's just been a whirlwind of five years. I went straight into hitting the road and touring at 13. And that was something that I had to navigate it was crazy and so but I've been touring for about five years now I've been to 48 states which is crazy for a 17 year old I mean for anybody to travel to 48 states and um I've just done lots of stuff in between too um but yeah these last five years have changed my life completely and now I'm trying to still trying to figure out who I am got into acting writing music Mm-hmm. doing all the things all of the things <laughs> um, which is great that you have mom and dad around you to take yes. care of things and and make the decisions <laughs> I had a short conversation with your dad earlier about up until you turn 18 then the decisions are legally yours <laughs> we'll see how that goes um, we'll see we'll see but you mentioned you know, traveling a lot going to 48 states is there anything you do at each state to kind of get a memento or grab a hat or something when you travel you know I I kind of regret not having a fun tradition to do in every city when we started. Um, Because when I was 13, we were out on the road. I was like, oh, you know, this is cool. I'm performing at the Ryman. This is cool. (laughs) Not like, you know. Uh, Now I appreciate it a little more as I get older. But we like to, me and my parents like to find, I love coffee. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't. And we love to find a coffee shop. Um, that's cool. That's not Starbucks, something different, um, yeah. everywhere we go. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been to some pretty interesting places for sure. Is there any that stand out when, like, cause, cause a lot oh, of people probably don't realize like uh, yeah. you travel, it's like planes, hotels, stage, and then gone, right? Sometimes it's like that. And then yeah. sometimes it's not, uh, you know, we went to Portland, Oregon, oh my God, did I just say Oregon? Mom said Maine. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> But that's a place, right? Yeah. 
I'm right. Portland, Maine. Yeah. But it's the other Portland. And uh, we uh, took a little boat to this island right off, and it was called Peaks Island, Maine. Mm -hmm. And it was the coolest thing ever. We biked around the whole entire island and visited this bunker, and it started pouring raining. And I sang in the bunker. Like, the acoustics were incredible. It was so cool. And uh, where else? We've been to Florida. Got to go to... You know, Universal and yeah. Disneyland in California, you know, we've just been everywhere. Be because of your rising status, do you get like the, I mean, not just a pass to go, do you get the park to yourself sometimes? You know, no, I haven't no? gotten to do that yet. You know, honestly, it kind of, kind of like kind of just plain and normal at the parks, yeah. you know, I don't mind the lines. I have, we have fun games that we play in the lines. So you know that app where it's like heads up, yeah. you have to act it out. And it's so fun because we've started trends in the lines where people see us playing it and they'll start playing it. Yeah. It's fun. I like it. Do you, do you just throw a ball cap on and try and go a little understated rather than like, here, it's me. Yeah, I won America's Got Talent. My puppet's right here. Like, it's kind of hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, usually in like theme parks, there's so much going on where I don't, don't usually get recognized pretty much there, but mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's, it's, I can't walk like 10 steps sometimes, Yeah. but it's just really just hit or miss. But, comes with the territory, I guess. Yeah. Right. But it's funny. Cause, I mean, whenever I kind of have a sixth sense now, it's like I can just see when when it's about to happen because I'll make yeah. eye contact with someone and it's either like one of three things. It's they'll do a double take or they'll get out their phone and they're like, yeah. And they're like looking and it's the, they couldn't be more obvious about it. And I just love it. And it's fun, especially the kids because mm -hmm. their face is just like, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> But I think a lot of people probably forget that, I mean, you're, you're 17 years old, like you're, you're five, six years as, you know, you're still, you're still a child, right? You still want to go do normal things that any yeah. child growing up would do. And it's really cool that you still kind of focus on that stuff. And, you know, you don't just, you still enjoy your childhood, right? Yeah. I've had, I've had a lot of uh, normalcy in mm -hmm. my life these last five years and a lot of not, right. <laughs> but I think what kind of helped me stay grounded is you know after I won we didn't move out to California or Hollywood you know I stayed home and I still went to school for a while mm -hmm. which was weird but it was good for me yeah. and, you know I, I go to church every Wednesday night you know when I can and when I'm home and I just definitely think having a such a supportive family um and good friends here and just roots here helped mm -hmm. me really just stay true to who I am, even though my whole entire life just completely changed. <laughs> right. Yeah. It keeps you, keeps you grounded. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, and you don't have to worry about, you know, it's nice to have normal conversations. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm sure there was a time where all of your friends were right, asking you, you know, who have you met this weekend? Like what stars did you meet? Like what's you know, that life like? And then it kind of wears off. You know, it was kind of, it was kind of not the opposite, but when I, right after I won, I came back, went to school mm -hmm. And, you know, for a while, you know, I would get a little couple stairs in the halls. But these kids have gone to school with me for, what, like seven years now or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it's just Darcy. Oh, Darcy's back. She's back. She won that show, but she's back. And yeah. it's just kind of, kind of felt, at school, I felt super normal. And it's like I was living completely different lives. I like to call mm -hmm. it real life Hannah Montana. Because, you know, in middle school, I'd go to school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, mm -hmm. Thursday, leave on a Friday, sell out a show on a Saturday and a Sunday, and then come back home on a Monday and go back to school. It Homework's was, due on Monday. <laughs> and I just take a math test, you yeah. know, just do like regular things. And then, but I'm like Darcy Lynn on the road. It was, it's crazy. Yeah. That, the, to that point, do you kind of enjoy going back to school? 
because it's kind of norm normality and you get to be with yes. your friends and you're kind of away from just the lights and you're just like, oh, I get, just get to be me now. Yeah, yeah truly. Yeah, it was it was um, it was a good balance. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was really good. And uh, but, you know, but I got to a point where I uh, kind of had to make some sacrifices if I wanted to really see where this could go. And mm -hmm. so that's when freshman year I decided to do online through Deer Creek, my public school. Mm -hmm. Um but uh, still do everything online. So it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of cool. I still get the perks. I still get to go to the dances and the pep rallies. Mm -hmm. And if I wanted to do sports, which I won't, uh, <laughs> I could. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I guess back to, we'll, we'll go back to kind of where this starts for you. And, you know, people can, you've done, I'm sure, a million interviews and people can read about it. But just for context of people listening, why and how does someone at a young age get into <laughs> ventriloquism, being a ventriloquist, uh, you know, over all the other stuff that, that could have been out there. And I mean, oh, thankfully yeah. it probably wasn't. You know, thanks to <laughs> mom and dad, it's not video games and all the other stuff that no, yeah. you know, kids your age are probably doing as well. But mm -hmm. why, why did you, you decide to have, you know, you know, yeah, definitely is not common or it wasn't, mm -hmm. uh, it just truly is not something kids pick up and you know, like, I want to learn ballet or, yeah soccer ride a pony but I was like no I want to sing with puppets <laughs> but well so I was super shy as a kid as painfully shy and just hadn't you know really come out of my shell yet mm -hmm. and so <laughs> truly they were kind of worried about me and so uh, <laughs> they kind of put me in this little pageant system where I could meet other girls and make new friends and it was a good program where yeah. if you won you could get scholarship money for college or something like that um, but uh, I met a girl through that system who did ventriloquism for her talent portion and I was around nine at the time mm -hmm. and I had never seen it before and I had never heard of it 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 was insane I was like what is this yeah. this is the coolest thing I've ever seen and um so, you know, I was probably the most annoying little kid to this girl because I asked her about a million questions um, and for tips and pointers and where did she get her puppets and, and this and that because I was just so, oh, my gosh, I have to do this. And so um, when I hit 10, you know, I had been really getting interested into it. And so mm -hmm. I begged my parents for a puppet. I was like, please, can I get a puppet in there? And they said no. <laughs> Literally, how I mean, I'm just for throwing context, you on under the bus. How much of these exposing puppets? you right now? They said no, uh, because at the time, yeah, I was doing gymnastics, and so you know, a lot of people don't know this about me. And I did gymnastics for a little over five years, almost six years, mm -hmm. and was training. I wanted to go to the Olympics. Okay. Like I was, and I was a pretty good little gymnast. And so that's what I was doing, my passion. And uh, I had three brothers in school and they were like, we don't have enough offer on our plate for this. And I was so persistent, so persistent. And so they surprised me with one from eBay yeah. for like 30 bucks um, on my 10th birthday. And that is how it all started. So young, be, you know, young girl Darcy was like, I want to go to the Olympics. I'm going to be, you mentioned not doing sports earlier, but I mean, yeah, tum that was tumbling my sport. is one of the, mm -hmm. you know, tumbling is a sport. And, and you know, I, it was crazy because, you know, when I told my coaches, I was like, I want to quit to sing with puppets. <laughs> you know, they thought I was absolutely crazy yeah. and actually had me sit down with them and my parents to try, you know, to convince me not to quit gymnastics <laughs> because they thought I was crazy and, yeah. and they knew I was super good. And, but I was like, no, 
<laughs> I was so firm about it. My 11 year old self, yeah. it was crazy. I just, I don't know, something in me, I was like, this is, this is what I need to do. This mm-hmm. is what I want to do. And just had a really gut feeling. And so I quit and I don't regret it <laughs> at all. It's paid off, right? <laughs> it has. <laughs> we, we, so back to, cause I, I think there's a lot of things that you can compare with being a gymnast and doing what you do because of how much time and dedication you have to spend being a gymnast because yeah. it's not easy and you need, it takes no. a lot of confidence to tumble and, and, you know, and do that stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, when I was doing gymnastics, uh, I look back on it now and I'm like, how did I do that? Cause we, we trained for 33 hours a week. Yeah. So I actually you know, did online school for a very short time with gymnastics. And, you know, it was crazy. We had like two a days where we'd go for four hours in the morning to the afternoon and then have a lunch break and then go from like five to eight. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so yeah, it really truly did help me with my discipline and practicing for the show because, you know, AGT is so, it's so just, everything is in motion and you have to be so prepared um, and practice a lot, a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's the, I think the hardest I've ever worked ever in my life. <laughs> Wait, what uh, gymnastics school did you go to? I went to this gym called Dynamo. Okay. It's a, yeah, it was a, it's a good gym. They're, you know, they're serious there and I love it. Um, and they've had some really, really successful gymnasts come out of it. But, um, yeah. So, so at this time then, you, you know, you meet this, you meet this friend who, who you're doing pageant stuff as well. And you mm-hmm. meet this friend that, that's, you know, they're doing their ventriloquist for their, for their talent and the pageants. And you think, wow, like I got to get into this. You're already singing though at this point, right? Mm-hmm. You're already yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, like, yeah. I want to be a performer. I like singing. Were you singing at church at a young age? Like how, how does that kind of well, transition? Yeah. I mean, singing was always kind of a side hobby for me at that point. It was something I really enjoyed, but I hadn't quite found the confidence um, that I have now with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was performing on a, um, in the pageants. Yeah. Um, I was just singing and um, I would sing in church with my mom a lot. We sung in church a lot together and that was fun. I mean, she was kind of my initial inspiration for singing because she's a magnificent singer. And so that's how I singing kind of, yeah. you know, I would sing around the house and she'd be like to my dad, she'd be like, Clark, we have a singer. <laughs> 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 but, um, but yeah. And then when ventriloquism came around, I was just, all right, why not? Yeah. Why not just being a singing ventriloquist? You know, people ask me like, well, how did, how did you just start? I don't even know sometimes. Like, I, don't, mm-hmm. I can't even explain it to you how this came about. It just did. I think it's definitely yeah. divinely influenced for sure. Right. I mean, you look at people who are successful and there's generally something that's natural there and then they work at that natural talent that they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that kind of, I mean, do, do you come down, you know, mom and you, you're living with mom and dad, you just come down one day or you're, or you're in your bedroom and you're just like, I'm crushing it with this singing stuff, but you can't yeah. tell I'm singing because I'm like, <laughs> is there a moment that you're like, well, mom, look at what I've been working on for the last true. three weeks? No, there was. You know, what I did is I would practice in my mirror. Mm-hmm. all the time or I'd film myself and then watch it back because I could like see yeah. what I was doing wrong and what looked right and what didn't look right and and I would come out and I would you know do something for them with my mouth closed and they'd be like oh that that's great honey <laughs> that's that's great <laughs> and 
not going to pay the I'm bills really nine to five when right you graduate. Yeah, they great. truly <laughs> thought it would be a passing fad. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a passing fad at all. Well, so. like, like you said earlier, you, you know, you, you quit, you quit being a gymnast and following that early dream and passion to go to the Olympics to mm-hmm. be a ventriloquist. Mm-hmm. And then you start, I guess, putting it on into practice and, and, you know, you're performing at pageants, you know, does it get to obviously it gets to a stage where you think I'm going to just up the competitions I'm in now and I mean I don't know this and forgive me for not knowing this but how long had America's Got Talent been out before you entered that how long had it been running yeah 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 well I was the 12th season okay so so you're clearly aware of what it was then when it oh came yeah out. Okay. me and my family watched it all the time yeah. I mean every time it came out and I remember watching Paul Zerden mm-hmm. win, and he was the ventriloquist. And, uh, and then the next year, Grace Vanderwall won. And uh, and then I think after that, you know, seeing, it was kind of interesting seeing Paul Zerden, a ventriloquist, which is what I was super interested in and pursuing it yeah. at the moment. And then the next year, seeing a girl my age win. And I was like, if they can do this, you know, maybe I can do this. And I, you know, I told my parents, I was like, I want to be on America's Got Talent. They were like, are you sure? Are you, are you sure? Because <laughs> they can be so mean on there. And I, I know they were looking out for yeah. my best interest. They're like, are you positive you want to do this? And I was yeah. like, yes. I was so just like, yeah, I want to do it. And so uh, I sent in a video audition and uh, they saw it and they loved it. We were like, we want to see you in person. I, I don't think, I think they thought I wasn't actually doing it. And that's mm-hmm. why they wanted to see me in person. So the closest audition city was Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And so we drove to Austin, Texas, which really isn't that close to here. <laughs> and I uh, performed in this room in front of these big dog producers who at the time I, I didn't realize were the two main producers of the show. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, I brought my A game. I brought everything. I even brought a puppet that I hadn't really developed. And I told them about it. It was a British bird. Mm-hmm. And I had no material with this bird at all whatsoever. I only had a name and an accent. And they were like, we want to see Nigel the bird. And I was like... Nigel's the most British name okay. ever. As well. <laughs> Isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so I brought him out and just started talking. And I don't know. They, they ended up loving it. And I think about a month later, they were like... We want you on the actual audition show and mm-hmm. we were screaming and crying and all of that. Yeah. And then flew out to Pasadena and did that whole thing. And that was so surreal. Because a lot of people like some, I mean, sometimes they film those stages that you just mentioned. Right. And then they mm-hmm. like, that's probably where mom and dad were kind of protecting you is because some of the time they film the idiots and the idiots get through because they make great TV. <laughs> right. And they, you know, that's when they can be mean because someone's like really believes they can do something uh-huh. and they're awful, but they're there for great TV. Yeah, I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's definitely part of the reason yeah. why they were so it's, apprehensive it's cool about that, it. <laughs> it's cool though that you like do those stages kind of, you know, with just people and then they throw you in, into the show. And off mm-hmm. you walk onto that stage and obviously it unfolds like we all know it unfolds. Yeah. I mean, um, I think aside from them being super apprehensive about it, I mean, they were so supportive too. It was yeah. so like, oh, you know, we they wanted me to be successful because, you know, they right. love me, <laughs> I think. <laughs> And, uh, so it was, it was a good atmosphere for me overall. Mm -hmm. Um, but it really truly was so stressful too, because I look back on it now. I don't know how I did that when I was 12, 
you know, I don't think I could like right. go do the show again because it was it was so stressful. Well, <laughs> but it was the good thing it probably fun. worked in your favor was the fact that you were twelve and you weren't super like you know just enjoying yourself, right? Well, part of you was enjoying yourself. Part I of guess. me, I'm I mean, oblivious. The to other part else. of me, you know, walking onto the stage for the first time, I had only performed for five hundred people max. Yeah. Before, and I go out and it's. 3,000 people <laughs> and but it's also you know broadcasted to 14 million people mm-hmm. um so that was absolutely terrifying you know I mean before especially the live performances because you know you mess up you can't do it again right. <laughs> and so uh I just remember almost puking every time before I went on because that's how nervous I was yeah and I just I would shut down completely not talk to anyone before I went on like if I was and I remember sometimes they would have me go last mm-hmm. and I would be so that's upset the, that's the worst like, right because you gotta why? hang around and watch everybody because like, I gotta watch everyone do theirs yeah and just dread mine <laughs> um but you know once I got up there though the nerves usually disappeared mm-hmm. because then I'm in my element and people are cheering I'm like okay well, this is actually fun yeah <laughs> and then after it's, it's relief <laughs> to, to that point, talk a little bit about like that shutting down and that inner process that you have, because you're only speaking to yourself at that point and just that mm-hmm. kind of like what you do to get yourself ready. Do you still get those nerves before you go on stage? Is there something that you do every single time before you go on stage, like to get that process oh, and yeah. get in your own head? Like what is that? Um, well, first of all, I've always, um, I always pray with my parents mm-hmm. and I do this with my my band too, who travels with me. And so uh, that is always just kind of like a, all right, game mode. I pray over the performance, um, my nerves and kind of just tell myself to have fun too, because Mm -hmm. you know, that's what it's all about. It's just having fun up there. And that's what what I love to do. But, um, yeah, it was, it's terrifying, but yeah, praying honestly is my backstage thing that I do. Yeah. That makes it real. Mm-hmm. Ready to go. It's go time. Ready to go. And then is there, I mean, do you, things, I'm, I play golf, so I'm superstitious, very superstitious. And there's certain <laughs> things that I do, like, do you enter the stage on the same side every time? Like, is there anything quirky that you do that's other than praying? You know, no, there, I don't have any like superstitions. Yeah. I kind of just, you know, like do little hops, jump up and down a little bit, <laughs> get myself ready. Um... But yeah, praying, honestly, I, we haven't gone, we haven't done a show without praying before it. So mm-hmm. I think that's definitely a, a stick that's yeah. going to happen before and, every show. And you mentioned your band travels with you. Mm-hmm. You can give it, give a shout out to your band. <laughs> Who, who's in the band? Shout Where out from? to the band. You know, um, my band, I love these guys. Um, they're a bunch of grandpas. We call me Darcy, Darcy Lynn and the grandpas. So they're in their thirties and forties, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> So we got um, Matt Shinsky. He plays keys. He's amazing. Um, Steve Short is on the drums. Steve Hawkins on guitar. And Victor Rook on bass. And they're they're the bomb. They have really mentored me throughout um, the years. And, you know, when we were kind of choosing a band, that was the whole... um, vision was someone who could mentor me and kind of help me step into the shoes of leading my own band Mm -hmm. and um, how that works and uh, how to, you know, 
take command sometimes and because that was a little hard for me to kind of speak up about what I wanted and envisioned for my shows and for myself and so they re- they really truly helped with that yeah sure. the the kind of leading a band dynamic mm-hmm. you know especially with the age difference and gender <laughs> and all the other stuff going on and yeah. like you know that that must have been that's great when it's you know it's good to have a support network around you that can mm-hmm. help you all get in the same room make decisions together because mm-hmm. that's why most bands fail right it's because yeah someone and makes decisions all, that like it we're all a really great team everyone always has super really really good ideas um but i mean what i love most about this show that i'm doing right now and it's it's the third show i've done my lips are sealed except when they're not and this one is super special to me because um it has a lot of me just influenced into it because with my shows in the past you know I I was so young and so I had a lot of help you know bringing those shows together and um putting that into what it would look like but this show truly was my vision it was my little baby project and uh so I was super proud of it but I mean it's crazy though we have such an interesting family dynamic it's been kind of like a family business these last few years because me and my parents, mm-hmm. and uh, my ventriloquist coach, which I can talk to you about, and um, even my brothers. We have kind of built this show up from the ground. Yeah. And uh, we have had round table Zooms writing material for it. We all wrote about 23 pages worth of comedy material for this mm-hmm. new show. And my mom is creative with the songs and me. We do that together as we pick out the songs and... Um, it's crazy. Yeah. And once my brother took a gap year and ran my merch for a year. <laughs> so it's like everybody, everybody's a part of it. <laughs> as long as he's making money, that's okay, right? If he's true, you know, he's buying t-shirts and selling them for a little less. He's buying it for, we got a problem. <laughs> uh, back to that, you know, that first time when you're winning, you're 12 years old, right? When you mm-hmm. win. And is it Melby hits the golden buzzer and everything goes crazy? Yeah. And... You know, I know Simon's there and Simon had an X factor was basically America's Got Talent in the UK. Mm-hmm. And he was always like mean and just, you know, kind of <laughs> played that role. Mm-hmm. Um, when one thing I noticed, though, when when that buzzer goes off, you know, the cameras on you, cameras are on mum. You're both in tears, but you kind of keep the act going, even though you're crying. <laughs> so I was like, that's, you know, because you're 12 years old. A lot of people would have been like. I've made it. The buzz has gone off. Yeah. I, can, I can kind of, I don't have to be me still on. So I'm not still in my, you yeah. know, in my craft. Uh-huh. You kind of kept your craft, which is super interesting. I don't know if you realized it at the time, no, but I didn't. you did. <laughs> no. It's like your lips are sealed the whole time. And like, I'm like, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, that day was just, it was just crazy. Yeah. I, you know, I don't like watching myself. So I've only gone back on YouTube and watched that, ep- that, um, audition only a couple times (laughs) um but uh that was just crazy I just never would have expected that because you know the my goal going on the show was to just bring light to ventriloquism because it Mm -hmm. was such a dying art and no one knew about it and especially wanted to show kids um that were my age and peers and um so that was the whole goal and I just didn't know if people would appreciate it like I did. And so for them to just like stand and just cheer and clap for me, it was crazy. Like it was so surreal. Mm. It's like a movie, honestly. Well, and then you can send it back to why you started and because you were shy and this helped Mm -hmm. you get into it that like, you know, you're not just like, hey, I'm up here. I'm pushing ventriloquism. I'm pushing it because it's helped me do anything. They're not just, you know, you relate to a lot of people that way because Mm -hmm. everyone's shy. Mm -hmm. You know, generally, you know, they, some people mask it better than others. Yeah. 
it's it's cool because you know after the show and I started touring um my shows I see it's multi-generational yeah. you I mean you see kids from like ages three to 93 and uh it's great and the kids I've seen so many of them bring their own puppets to my show and to the meet and greets and they'll be like Darcy you inspired me to do ventriloquism I started learning this because of you and it's so many I'm like what like this is the whole goal (laughs) and so it's cool and uh there is a ventriloquist convention I know I had never heard of it before either yeah because you just don't hear about that how many times have you headlined that (laughs) that convention now I actually you know they have these uh shows at the convention where uh, they have like the popular or you know the experienced ventriloquists who get to perform Mm -hmm. on the Saturday night show right and uh I was the first kid who ever got to perform on the Saturday night show at the ventriloquist convention. So that was, that was pretty cool. And that was yeah. a big deal to me. And, uh, but it's, it's kind of more nerve wracking than performing for mm-hmm. other people because these people know how to do ventriloquism. Right. And so they're like really watching you. That makes sense to mm-hmm. see what you're doing. And so that was fun though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you win. The world goes crazy. Your world's t- basically tipped upside down, mm-hmm. and you immediately hit the road to do probably a press tour straight away. Is that right? And yeah, then you have well, your show in Vegas. Yeah, I did. I did a lot of press the next day. The very next day, I remember yeah. I won. Um, a lot of family and a lot of friends came to LA to watch, and so we had like a big steak dinner. Steak's my favorite. And uh, and then I just remember waking up, having to wake up so early, like 5 a.m. to do 13 radio interviews. And it was just like, what is happening? And then I was like on Access Hollywood and Good Day LA and then Ellen. Yeah. Um, it was just so weird. <laughs> it was crazy. And then, yeah, the Vegas show was something in itself, too. That was a process and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, you get two shows. But the two shows that I had sold out in six minutes. And so <laughs> and so they added a third. And then that one sold out in a day. Yeah. And then they finally added a fourth. So potentially I got to have four shows at Planet Hollywood. Is that one every night? Or is that mm-hmm. like over the weekend? Right. It was, was one it every like night. Th- Thursday through Sunday, one every night? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but that was just crazy. <laughs> so you spent half of your week, basically. Did you ever fly home the, like Monday through oh, Wednesday yeah. or would you spend the time in Vegas? I mean, there was time in between me winning and the show. Not very much. Right. <laughs> but there was time. And so I got to go home back to school <laughs> and to see my friends. And um, and then it was out to Vegas. Yeah. Mm. A crazy place to be for a twelve-year-old, especially oh, yeah. if you're on the uh, on the performing side. No, yeah, it it is crazy. Um, you know, I mean, usually after you win, that's where you want to be, mm-hmm. and you know, you want you want the Vegas residency. And but uh, you know, I didn't. I was thirteen. I was like, I you know, this is not the place for me, maybe yet. And so and that's when we decided what's best for me is to go on the road. Right. And so, and then like you mentioned just, just a bit ago is the fact that with you getting older and understanding more about it and having Mm -hmm. more of a say, you can now know who you are. You can build a show around what you want rather than saying, you know, early on, it's like, you've made it. Mm -hmm. This is what the network or the TVs Mm -hmm. want you to do. Mm -hmm. Go do this. Just, you'll just do that and you'll be great. Yeah. But now like I said, you know, 
as you get longer in your career, you start to do what you want to do and you start to, you know, with the rise of social media and the reach of all that, you see what people really want from you as well. Like, yeah. you know, cause you, you know, people, you read your comments and stuff and they're like, well, what about this, 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 and you kind of, you know, take all that in and, and build a show around that. Yeah. Yeah. It is. We you know when I got to start traveling on my own, it was, it was really nice to have the creative liberty yeah. for sure. And, but it's interesting whenever I talk to a lot of people who watch me on the show, sometimes the, they, the only thing they've seen me do is the three minute performances on AGT. And so whenever I invite friends to shows, they're like, I had no idea. Cause I do an hour and a half all on my own. And so I had no idea you, you did all of this and you, you know, you do your own show. And so it's always like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, for what I, what I love about growing up is now I kind of at this point where I'm still trying to figure out who I am. Uh And so I started writing music, which has been awesome. I started in quarantine. Um, cause we all did new things in quarantine, but, uh, yeah, I sing about four original songs in my show now that are unreleased. So, uh, that was exciting. And I have a new puppet that I have implemented in and yeah. And, uh, wrote a lot of the material myself and, um, it's just been a lot of fun. Talk about that kind of music side a bit more. And I know, um, previous podcast guests, Maggie and Shane, um, are you, you're performing with next, yeah. you know, I know you have a great friendship with them, the imaginaries mm-hmm. and it's funny, their story, how they came about is pretty awesome. Um, but how did you guys meet? And I guess, do they, I mean, she, Maggie's got a great voice, but mm-hmm. Shane can play a guitar like nobody else. Oh yeah. Um, He's amazing. How, how, how does that come about? And you know, not just them, but other Oklahoma artists as well. Well, you know, funny thing, the first time I ever met them, <laughs> I was at Toby Keith's house. It's just a funny story. Um, They were kind of playing uh, for his benefit party and I got to meet them and they were so kind down to earth. And then fast forward two, three years, um, I auditioned for this movie. It's called A Cowgirl Song and originally auditioned for the lead, but they thought I was just a little too young. So Maggie and Shane, they produced the movie and they're like, oh my gosh, let's let her be the little sister. And so I got to play the little sister, mm-hmm. the main character, and it was just a blast. Um, and it's a, it's a musical movie and they wrote all the music for the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But I, I got to write a song for my character with them that'll also go on the soundtrack um, called Just Breathe. So that's been really fun. And they've been really great mentors to me as well in the music writing mm-hmm. aspect of my life. So. Yeah. Talk a bit about the comedy stuff. Cause it's probably stuff mm-hmm. that you probably don't think people realize is the fact that like you are hilarious uh, <laughs> and, and just kind of like the craft of writing comedy and, and trying it out as well. Cause you know, by the time you're on stage doing a show talk, you know, saying jokes and stuff, I mean, you've said those jokes thousands of times before, mm-hmm. whether it's in the mirror to friends or whatever, like mm-hmm. talk about kind of the comedy and how the comedy evolves based on the audience as well. Um, hmm, this is a good, because comedy can be pretty raw and, you know, I mean, it can be, depending on where you watch your comedy, can be pretty bad in some areas too, right? That's why it's comedy. (laughs) I think, you know, the, the writing process for me, um, is interesting. I try, I think the best way 
that has worked for me is I know my puppets so well because I mean I created them mm -hmm. and so their personalities and it's like I've created this universe around them like like Harry Potter world you yeah. know you create your own write your own narrative and story and so I've tried you know to write for the puppets and you know around their personalities and you know I like I know what they would say and what they would do and how they would react to this and what's going on in their lives <laughs> you know what I mean it's so like um but it's also been a big collaborative effort, too, because I think I work super well with other people as well. Because mm -hmm. um, my brother, Dalton, he's 22, and uh, he helps me with all my social media. And so we write stuff from my social media together. And uh, it's funny because he knows my puppets, too. And so we just write together. And yeah. um, it's been a blast. But yeah. Um, I read, there's this super fun joke in my show about all the puppets going to Vegas without me uh -huh. on a road trip. And they did not include me in this road trip. And I, the whole show, I'm trying to figure out what they all did in Vegas. Yeah. And at the end, we finally find out, which I'm not going to tell you, you got to come to the show. got to come to the show. <laughs> That's totally fine. Um, the other cool part, and you just mentioned social media is like, I mean, you know, that's where you promote. That's where everyone mostly sees you, whether mm -hmm. it's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, wherever it is for the grandparents that are on Facebook, that is, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's become a huge part of, of building a brand. And what has that been like for you, you know, getting to an age where you can actually understand it and post a lot of it yourself and being you know, not what I'm trying to say is you're not like eight, nine years old, like, oh, I have to run a social media page and I have a million followers, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're in an age where you can actually put you and your personality into that mm -hmm. page, which is a great thing because that's what people want to see of you. Yeah. What's that been like having a social you know, media and taking, you know, taking a hold of it yourself and putting stories out and just being been, you? Yeah, it's been crazy because like I said, my, my demographic and my audience is so vast yeah. <laughs> and so multi-generational and so I have my Facebook fans and my Instagram fans and it's like Instagram are my peers mm -hmm. and the people my age and then Facebook are the people a little bit older than me and it's funny because you know I'll post on Instagram and Facebook the same post and it's like a picture of me in a cute new outfit like having fun or getting coffee and um the Facebook people are like we want to see the puppets. We don't want to see you model. And then like Instagram's like, oh my gosh, you're so cute. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's such, it's so different. And so we've tried to figure out, you know, how to cater to both. <laughs> and then TikTok is super multi-generational. I feel like everyone loves pretty much anything on there. Yeah. But TikTok has been so fun. TikTok is my biggest platform. I have 4 million followers on there, mm -hmm. which is just mind boggling. Um, but it's been fun. They they love to see the puppets. They eat that up. But especially when I kind of combine puppets with cultural things that are happening mm -hmm. and the trends and putting my own spin on it, um, it's been fun. Yeah. Well, I think the the fun thing about it about it too is that you can literally do it from home, right? Yeah. Like you, you know, you can be home. You don't have to go to a studio. You don't have to be in LA or on a plane somewhere. Mm -mm. You can do it from home with a decent lighting setup and you're, you know, like I said, everyone just wants to see you with the puppets doing what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, so that must be fun to do, especially for mom and dad, not have to jump on a plane and be like, where do we need to go now? <laughs> um, it is, it is crazy what we do yeah. with my videos. I mean, I need to post a behind the scenes video. I did, we did one. I'll show it to you after because it's hilarious. Um, where I had to get inside 
the dryer at my house. <laughs> and I didn't tell my mom that I was doing it. <laughs> and so are, I are got... Are we top loading the dryer or are we like, are we side loading, it's, side loading It's a side load, but um, we, it'll make more sense when you see it. But yeah. I had to get inside the dryer with Petunia. Yeah. And it is, and the video did so well. Um, but it's, but it's also, it's crazy with TikTok. It's hit or miss. I'll mm -hmm. put in so much effort into a video and I'm like, oh, this is a great video. Yeah. And it flops completely. And then when I'm just like, you know, not even trying mm -hmm. and I post a video and it's, and it gets so many views. It's like, what is happening? But uh, yeah, it's interesting yeah. trying to navigate it. <laughs> who, I guess, who do you look up to in the social media world as far as like creating content and trying to see what other people oh. do? Because to that point, mm -hmm. it is very hit and miss with content. And, you know, some people say just keep posting, being you, and it'll take care of itself. Or other people really yeah. dive into the algorithm and, and take that and really try and study that stuff. Uh, you know, I don't, I haven't really gotten into the algorithm or, you know, this is when you need to post and this is how yeah. often you need to post because, you know, for me, that's just when the fun gets taken out of it <laughs> and that becomes too much. It becomes a business um, then, right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't want it to become like that and it's, uh, social media already can be so toxic <laughs> and, um, so try to always keep it lighthearted, but uh, yeah, I just post whenever I, you know, we uh, get a really great video that we feel good about and then, you know, I post it and then sometimes I'll just post a random singing video. So it's just like, you know, not a lot of effort in the strategic part of it, mm -hmm. um, mostly just the creative and like, you know, what will people think is funny or yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Have you had people come to you and say, you should do, you know, you should be a YouTuber and you should post, I mean, two times a week and Thursdays yeah. and Sundays and like, you just thought, nah, it's just not what I want to do. Yeah, I have, uh, but I wouldn't call myself a social media influencer. Yeah, I um, uh, because you know, that is just not my passion and, uh, that's not what I do every day or mm -hmm. it's not how I make a living. And so it's mostly just an creative outlet um which is fun but you know also keep myself out there and yeah. so yeah i i agree with that because a lot of i mean not the way you started a lot of people who are in youtube started out just on youtube right? yeah and now you know which they, is crazy they would probably give a lot of things up to do what you have done and you know sometimes yeah. the other way around but coming back to i guess present day you're doing your own shows and you're touring around now you're you know you're trying to get into movies and pursue acting mm -hmm. as well mm-hmm uh, how, I mean, what's that like? How fun is that? That's being in, interesting. And especially with now our, our new kind of movie business in Oklahoma City as well. Yeah. That must be exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, you know, I used to do theater and so acting, acting was always so exciting for me and something I really had always wanted to pursue. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I went on the show and then all of this happened and craziness. Um, and now, um, I'm kind of full circle getting back into it again. And so, uh, yeah, I audition for things. And uh, when I audition for this movie, you know, it's just I see every audition as an opportunity to practice and mm -hmm. kind of study the craft and how it all works, because this it's kind of an area that I don't know. And so it's been fun. And so getting to debut in this um, movie that was filmed here was just so fun and super special to me for my first movie experience, at mm -hmm. least because it was filmed here where I live and everyone was super supportive. The atmosphere was great. And so, uh, after, you know, I'm like, I could totally see myself doing that more. Yeah. And so, yeah, I love, I love it. Acting is fun and it's something I 
that is fun for me to tackle and challenge myself to mm-hmm. learn. I mean, just like ventriloquism, I'm just like, I just want to learn how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so as you mentioned here, as you grow and as you evolve and, and you get older in age and, and your passions might change just like they did when you were younger and, and the stories change now, you know, you're building your own, you know, building out your own tools and doing a lot more material, making a lot more decisions yourself, figuring out who you are. Where does the Darcy Lynn of today want to be? Do you want to see yourself into acting as an Oscar-winning actor? Do you see yourself touring more? Like, where right now? What would you say is you know where you want to go? Uh, well, I know it sounds kind of cliche, but I kind of want to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of my biggest inspirations is Kristen Chenoweth, and so mm-hmm. she grew up here and came out of here. And and you know when I see her career and look at her career, it's just like she has done absolutely everything. She's written music, she's been on Broadway, uh, TV, acting. I mean, she's done everything. And so that's you know that's kind of the the goal, the vision, because. Um, Especially music. I've become really passionate about writing music Mm -hmm. over this last year. And so I would just love to put out an album or an EP or something like that. I just think, you know, that would be super cool. And then, you know, maybe have my own variety show. That would be sick. That's like a, that's a dream. (laughs) And uh, we'll just see what happens. I don't know. I mean, just taking it step by step. The good thing still is, still in high school, right? The good thing is, you know, you, you turn eighteen <laughs> towards the end of this year. Like you've got plenty of life left. You've plenty of decisions to make. Plenty of avenues to go. Yeah. This is the time to try everything you want to try because True. you'll really figure out what you want to do. Yeah. So, um, with our live audience, which is awesome, does anybody <laughs> have any questions that I can repeat for you, Michelle? Go ahead. Yeah. You know, when people ask me that, I, it's like I almost don't know how to answer because when I started, I taught myself how to do it, um, and I, it automatically didn't come naturally. I did have to work at it and figure out little tips and pointers. And I looked up a lot of YouTube videos and I, uh, I talked about a ventriloquist coach, which is an interesting story. His name's Gary Owen and he used to live here. He, uh, I entered this local talent show, um, called Edmonds Got Talent. (laughs) And so that was my first ever performance as a ventriloquist. And, it was two weeks after I got my puppet. <laughs> Thrown in the deep end. Let's just yeah. see how it goes. And I did that performance and I ended up winning that talent competition yeah. um, at the age of 10. And in the audience was a couple who went to a church here, who went to Gary's church, showed in the video. They're like, you'll never believe this. This girl's yodeling with her mouth closed and uh, showed it to him. And he was like, oh my gosh. And I guess he saw something in me or mm-hmm. some potential and contacted, um, somehow got our contact. And my dad, <laughs> my dad's like, look this guy up. Some weird old He's man like, wants to meet Cause you. Cause yeah, he was, you know. He's also a ventriloquist. <laughs> he had to make sure he was legit. Well, yeah, of course. And you know, he did his internet sleuthing. Yeah. And, just, being, uh, just being a dad, I would have done totally the same thing. Just totally being a dad. Yeah. And uh, we ended up meeting him at Chili's. Yeah. <laughs> Nice neutral ground. Yeah. <laughs> neutral ground at Chili's. And uh, 
he I have been working with him now for seven years. Amazing. And he has I don't know where I would be without him, honestly. He had he taught me so much. I mean, I got the gist of it, but you know, he he had been doing it for 30 plus years when I met him because ventriloquism was way bigger back then. Mm-hmm. And so he taught me, you know, the manipulation with the, the rods that I do and lip control and enunciation and all the other, you know, reacting to the puppet, having the puppet react to me, mm-hmm. the different voices. I mean, everything that goes into the ventriloquism act is he helped me refine and taught me and he helped me my whole um season on agt yeah i love i love how like a lot of your team is very oklahoma based Mm -hmm. right like definitely keeps you grounded you know and and you can all relate to each other oh yeah it's just amazing how it's kind of come around like that Mm -hmm. but like you said, at the time, you're like some strange guy wants to meet you. He's seen a video of you performing. Yeah. You know? It was interesting. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and still your coach today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I literally saw him yesterday. Yeah. He lives in Florida now, but he's in town. So, yeah, he's the best. That's he, awesome. Uh, he is uh, basically, he, pro- he helps produce my uh, live shows. He's helped me produce them all five years Um, because you know he's been in the radio business and he's performed himself so he knew how shows kind of go about and so yeah he runs lights and graphics and stuff at my shows for me still to this day and that's you know that's why we have such a little inner circle and built it up Mm -hmm. from the ground with my family and just a couple people outside my family so it's just like crazy how we've done it all ourselves do we have any others questions Come on, we must have something. <laughs> Does mom and dad want to ask a question or know a story that we haven't told yet that we want to Let's see if I have any funny... Um, I do have a lot of funny stories from on the road. Okay. So, <laughs> Katie was my very first puppet ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if I present, mentioned this. Right? Well, yes. So, Katie was the eBay present. Okay. And then I ended up doing another talent competition here called Oklahoma's Got Talent. Ended up winning that. <laughs> and you, I, got, I won prize money. Mm-hmm. And so, I used the prize money to... Um, upgrade. Upgrade and design and kind of have a puppet maker make me an actual ventriloquist puppet. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we just kind of gave Katie a makeover. So, she's still the same character, just she looks different. But... Uh, we were in Chicago, and it was a snowy day, and we are driving to the venue, and we're just, I'm just sitting there minding my own business, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I just hear, stop the car, <laughs> and we look in the rearview mirror, and the back of the car is open, and Katie's suitcase is just rolling down the road, <laughs> in the middle of the road, and cars are like coming, and my mom's like, stop the and she like jumps out of the car yeah. into traffic and <laughs> In the snow. grabs Katie. Yeah. And there's just, you know, we when we get to the venue, we open her up and she's not a scratch on her. Cases just, are great. Case, the case the case came through. Yeah. But it was just like, oh my gosh. You know, because we don't check the puppets. We carry them on. And, oh, you should see us at the airport. We look absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. How, how we look like we're right moving. Now? We w- between <laughs> the three of us, where we have like ten pieces of luggage. Yeah. With so so, how many total puppets do you have? Four cases, but five puppets. Okay. Petunia and Oscar travel together. 
But uh, <laughs> what you hear today, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah, because you know if we checked them and we lost one, I wouldn't have a show. Right. And so yeah, it kind of ruins the show when you show up and you're like, uh, I'm like, sorry uh, guys, can't I'm really do this. Gonna have to sing for you. Sorry, <laughs> it's just gonna be me singing. <laughs> but I don't know what do you have. Yeah, uh, well, so most of my puppets were actually a gift to me. So Petunia, Petunia was a gift to me, got her, then gave her a personality. And she's evolved a lot. <laughs> I made her super, when I got her, I made her super shy and timid and sweet. And now, she, you know, I won the show. And so I kind of was like, all right, let's seize this opportunity and made her a complete diva. And uh, she got the big head. So <laughs> that's her. And then uh, Edna, I actually got at the ventriloquist convention. Mm -hmm. They have these rooms called dealer's rooms. And it's, it sounds bad. But uh, it's uh, just a bunch of puppets in rooms with puppet creators. And it's all of their puppets they've made that they're trying to sell. And Edna was sitting on the table. And I was like, <gasps> oh, my gosh. Because I knew I wanted an old lady. Yeah. And so I picked her up, immediately started just automatically had a voice and was already cracking jokes and so i was like this is perfect we're meant to be and so i bought her and then um oscar oscar kind of has a funny story he was a donation to me from gary mm -hmm. he was just sitting in gary's office going unused and we were this was right after my first audition and i made it to the live shows and we we're sitting around my living room and we're like what am i going to do now because I had no puppets then. I right. hadn't had time to develop them. And so we're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do for the first live show? And Gary's like, well, I have this like mouse just sitting in my office. I can bring him over. And so brought him over. Oscar was created, <laughs> introduced. And uh, yeah, it's just crazy. And then Ivan, Ivan, the newest one, mm -hmm. he's purple, has one eye. In Australia, <laughs> you don't want to hear my Australian accent. It's really bad. Oh no, I do. No, you don't. <laughs> I do. No, I do. No, no. but uh, he. Uh, I designed him. I knew um, kind of what I wanted him to look like, uh -huh. and had uh, this really talented puppet maker. He's his name's Barry Gordmer, and his uh, puppet company is called Handemonium. <laughs> and so that's how Ivan was created. And Ivan is different to the other ones because all of the other puppets, it's kind of like I'm a big sister figure over them and they cause trouble mm -hmm. and I'm like gotta keep them on check. But Ivan is kind of like we're two peas in a pod and cause trouble together. Yeah. Um so yeah. Do you see kind of like creating out of all these characters, creating, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm me being 31 and thinking of like the Looney Tunes, right? Because I used to watch that <laughs> all the time, right? Or Tom and Jerry. Like, mm -hmm. do you ever see like having that kind of, and forgive me if you already have this, I didn't know if mm -hmm. you did, but having like, you know, like a series of, or I mean, now everyone's talking about NFTs, but like having a show of cartoon show that like, well, you know, uh, you, you are the voice to everything. You know, I, uh, yeah, there's been lots of talk of that. You know, I, I don't really have interest in doing something uh, like Sesame Street mm -hmm. because I feel like my my uh, act is a little more evolved yeah. than that. And I've talked about like like a like a variety show with my puppets um, or like a sitcom with them. I think it'd be so funny. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that's something that... You know, I got to figure out, got to yeah. brainstorm, but it, we have talked about it for sure. Um, well, like Mrs. Doubtfire, I loved Mrs. What? Doubtfire and having that too. Done. Done. 
Oh, well, kind of. Kind of. I had this YouTube series called The Spin with Darcy Lynn. Mm-hmm. And it was just a YouTube series with lots of different videos with the puppets. I did uh, Cooking for Dummies. <laughs> and it was me cooking. But we had kind of had the puppets pop in at different moments and just critique yeah. the heck out of me. It was funny. And then I've, I've done like little music videos with them, with cover songs and did a reality TV episode with the puppets, kind mm-hmm. of like Kardashian style, where they have like, you know, those, what are they called? Where they sit and they just stare into the camera and talk to you separately from the storyline. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Confessionals. That's what we did confessionals too. And it was so funny. Um, but uh, mostly uh, my TikTok is most evolved with all of the the funny videos with the puppets, for sure. And trial a lot of, me, of your material through social media to see what works. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, do we have anything else? Are we good? Well, thank you so much for coming down. <laughs> this has been an absolute pleasure. When I told the, the ladies here that we had you coming, they were, I think, a lot more excited. Um, <laughs> and, I, and we said, well, great, let's trial it with a live audience. Uh, and it's been awesome Yay. to have you here down the oh, whole thanks thing. Thanks for having me. Um, this was a blast. Yeah, I mean, I look forward to interviewing you in 10 years to have a different story and see where mm. we're at now. Maybe hey, face maybe on I'll the wall somewhere. Maybe I'll be in the Hall of Fame someday. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Wink, wink, content. Yeah. Well, you know, the selection process just finished, right, for this year. Yeah. So the only way, and people, some people don't know this, the only way that you will be considered is if somebody nominates you. Okay. So you have to be nominated. And the nomination process is someone else, obviously you can't, I mean, somebody in your family could nominate you, but you can't nominate yourself. I've tried. Um, I've tried. But, you know. Wait, no. I mean, Petunia could nominate me. There you go. Sure. That would be awesome. So, no, Petunia would not nominate me. She would nominate herself, herself. for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that that's kind of how the process works. And a lot of people are like, well, why isn't this person in it? Well, because they have no one's nominated them. Mm. So for people listening, that's a little kind of info on that. But um, <laughs> yes, in 10 years, hopefully you have a face on the wall in here and you have that medal around your neck and you've been on stage and given an acceptance speech at the Hall of Fame. Mm. So... We'll see. Is there anything you want to kind of finish with for people listening that you, I mean, wh- um, what do you tell little girls that come up to you? What do you tell little boys? That, you know, kind of stuff like that. Um, I'll see. My advice has always just been to be yourself and to not let anyone or anything hold you back. And just to know if you put your mind to it, then 110%, you can do it for sure. And you can do it right here from being in Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming down. Absolute pleasure. Um, you know, it, it's, it really means a lot that someone of, of your caliber, of your schedule, as busy as you are, you know, to bring mom and dad down here and have, and, <laughs> and bring the case too. We have, we have Petunia in the case too, I, right? She Austin, is. Maybe. I know so she can make an appearance. I know we'll she probably wants appearance. to. So, um, thank you so much for everyone listening. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. If you're looking for something fun to do with your family on April 22nd, I recommend you totally come on down to the Tower Theater. I'm putting on a concert with my good friends, the Imaginaries Band. It is going to be a blast. It is going to be a night filled with music from my new movie, A Cowgirl Song. Original music from me and original music from the Imaginaries and even the song we wrote together for the movie. We're so excited to see you guys. You can get your tickets at TowerTheaterOKC.com. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on Instagram at oklahomahof. Thank you for listening. 
We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.